I'm author and athlete Brad Kearns. Welcome to the Be Rad Podcast, where we explore ways to pursue peak performance with passion throughout life. Visit bradkearns.com for great resources on healthy eating, exercise, and lifestyle. And here we go with the show. When you're talking about losing excess body fat, going out there and getting to the gym more frequently, or whatever, the, however the goal is uh, conceived, um, is largely going to be uh, missing the point. And then uh, the other important element here is that eating less calories is also going to be ineffective in the long term. They have vegetable oils uh, pervading the store, not just on the shelf in a bottle straight up, uh, but everything in their, many things in their hot bar, and it's just absolutely shocking. During the semi-starvation phase, the changes were dramatic. Beyond the gaunt appearance of the men, there were significant decreases in their strength and stamina, body temperature, heart rate, and sex drive. I want to tell you about wildhealth.com. They're an online provider of comprehensive precision medicine and health consultation services. They offer DNA analysis, custom lab panels, extensive medical intake form with family history and lifestyle preferences, and regular online visits with a board-certified precision medicine physician and a health coach whom you can message anytime through their convenient app. Wild Health evaluates your data to determine what you need for nutrition, exercise, sleep, and supplements, and you can experiment, consult, and retest to get everything dialed in. You'll get a cutting-edge epigenetic test of DNA methylation to calculate your all-important biological age and have fun lowering your age over time instead of following the mainstream path to accelerated aging. It's time to strive for awesome instead of just normal. Did you realize that only 6.8% of Americans are deemed metabolically healthy and only 2% are declared optimal? That's disgraceful, but you can turn things around quickly. Please visit wildhealth.com and you will see that this is the absolute gold standard of personalized medicine and it's available to you right now. Telemedicine available anywhere in the USA. Wild Health is generously extending BRAD podcast listeners 20% off the cost of membership. Just visit wildhealth.com slash Brad or use the code BRAD20 at checkout to get 20% off and start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com slash Brad. Welcome to part two of this multi-part series Energy Balance Reflections. Could more carbs, less hormesis, and a faster metabolism promote longevity? And other important questions. In part one, I talked about the topic of hormesis, which is the idea that a brief appropriate stressor will deliver a net positive adaptive benefit, but pose the important question that it's possible to overdo it on this health objective, uh, bringing up the example of how fasting, carb restriction, calorie restriction, ketogenic eating uh, starves the cells of energy, as does intense exercise. And if you stack, if you start stacking these things like fasted workouts or low carb athletics, uh, you can add on being in the higher age groups and you're throwing in other lauded hormetic stressors like. Uh, cold and hot therapy, uh, it's possible that we can overdo it on the stress side of the equations and in fact uh, might want to reconsider the definition of hormesis or the assumption that it's healthy. And the great quote from Jay Feldman, Energy Balance Podcast, adaptations to stress and damage caused by uh, things that are hormetic, like a, a sprint workout or lifting weights and uh, damaging muscle fibers in the process, don't improve our health. Stress and damage are cumulative as well. In other words, um, maybe you overdid it a little bit uh, on a certain workout, and then you times that by 27, and you're in a worse shape rather than overdoing it once in a while and allowing the body to repair and recover. And that reminds me of the... Um, the, the, the widespread problem that we're seeing in uh, long-term, highly motivated, extreme endurance athletes where they're developing heart troubles 
at a significant rate, and that's through the repeated inflammation and scarring of the delicate uh, left ventricle of the heart causing atrial fibrillation. So if you go out there and uh, elevate your heart rate into training zone and ride miles and miles on the bike or run miles and miles on the trail for years and for decades, uh, pretty soon the heart, just like any other muscle, it's possible to overdo it and uh, inflict serious damage on the electrical circuitry of the heart due to repeated inflammation and scarring of the heart, rather than letting the heart rest in between bouts of extreme exercise, which might, if done properly, uh, contribute to building a stronger heart and actually help your health and longevity. So it's all a matter of balance, and it's possible that we're overdoing it, especially in the uh, progressive health space the uh, biohacker, devoted athlete, devoted uh, ancestral enthusiast. Uh, To finish the quote, adaptations to stress and damage don't improve our health. Stress and damage are cumulative. And this is important. The benefits of environmental stimuli are due to their specific effects rather than the stress they cause. Uh, If we can assume those, then that means hormesis would best be characterized as an extreme misrepresentation of the interaction between the organism and the environment. And so I left off uh, just before jumping into the concept of diet and striving to reduce excess body fat through dietary intervention and lifestyle intervention. What we typically do here, the way that we pursue this goal typically is eat less and exercise more. And now that has been widely proven and widely acknowledged to be uh, an absolutely disastrous approach, doomed to failure. And you can reference my shows with Dr. Herman Ponser, author of the book Burn, evolutionary anthropologist, expert on human caloric expenditure, and his life's work validating this idea that our daily calorie burning is largely constrained. It's called the constrained model of energy expenditure, uh, which suggests, uh, to shortcut if you didn't listen to the show, suggests that if you burn more calories uh, during devoted exercise, your body is going to make an assortment of compensations to conserve energy. And in the worst case, that means turning down uh, critical uh, hormonal metabolic functions if you are over-exercising. The quote from Ponser and uh, widely promoted by Chris Kelly, another podcast guest with Nourish, Balance, Thrive. It goes, quote, reproduction, repair, growth, and locomotion are a zero-sum game. So if you borrow extensively from one, locomotion meaning exercise, right? Burning energy, doing activity. So if you are heavily locomotive in life, putting in a bunch of miles, training for the upcoming marathon or triathlon or CrossFit uh, program or whatever you're doing, um, you are going to tone down those important factors of reproduction, repair, and growth, right? Building uh, muscles, lean muscle mass, and and growing even uh, the the demands of exercise compromising cognitive development. There's research to show that, boy, this can be a really serious deal if you overexert yourself. Um, So when you're talking about losing excess body fat, going out there and getting to the gym more frequently, or whatever, however the goal is uh, conceived, um, is largely going to be uh, missing the point. And then uh, the other important element here is that eating less calories is also going to be ineffective in the long term. Uh, so let me clarify that anything you do in the short term as an intervention from your regular ho-hum lifestyle patterns of uh, being insufficiently active and consuming an excess of processed foods that are nutrient deficient, uh, resulting in you carrying excess body fat, anything you do to alter that a pattern is going to be immediately effective. And so people will uh, jump into the regimen, whatever it is, if it's on the exercise side and or the diet side and drop weight quickly. It's typically going to be uh, a compilation of excess body fat as well as lean muscle mass, as well as uh, a reduction in water retention and inflammation from cleaning up their act in any way. So if you all of a sudden go vegan and you feel great and you're being congratulated because you look better and your pants fit better, that is that immediate response to 
an improvement from your baseline adverse lifestyle practices. And then if we look long-term, that's when we're going to see all these compensations come into place where um, things of that nature, re- reducing your uh, daily caloric intake, uh, your body's going to adjust really gracefully to a lower level of caloric intake by way of being less active and burning less fuel, such that if you ever uh, bounce back into something that maybe is more sustainable than a strict diet or an extreme exercise program, it's going to be impossible to sustain. And this is what we see. The most prominent example would be the participants in the Biggest Loser television show where they lose massive amounts of weight in a very short time through starvation and extreme exercise. They get their check, they win their prize, and then the research on the uh, long-term consequences of being a participant on The Biggest Loser, uh, it's overwhelmingly uh, seen that they gain back uh, all of the weight and then some. And that the effects of that grueling uh, short-term binge of of torture, essentially, on both ends, on the exercise end and on the uh, starvation end, uh, the effects are seen years and years later. So their metabolism is still screwed up years later as the body uh, continues to, uh, I guess, heal and bounce back uh, and try to survive by um, triggering appetite for excess caloric intake, and also toning down the desire to uh, live an active lifestyle. So uh, brutal consequences for those people going for the limelight over the short term. So um, understanding that now, hopefully, as a regular listener, you're going to acknowledge that eating less and exercise more is ineffective on both ends. And so now we're going to kind of change the story and take a different perspective, step back from the flawed Uh, calories in, calories out model. Instead, we're going to have a third element to the the process here of energy balance, energy utilization. And so we have calories consumed, we have calories that are burned for energy, and then we have calories that are stored. So instead of calories in, calories out, I'd like like you to correct everyone from here on in for the rest of your life. It's actually calories consumed, calories burned and calories stored. And that middle piece, the calories burned for energy, is where we get really tripped up. And now the emerging research on uh, leaky gut syndrome, chronic inflammation, uh, gut dysfunction of all kinds is revealing that many of us, especially those who are metabolically damaged, obese, uh, tired, unhealthy, uh, complaining of uh, chronic intestinal problems, have difficulty burning calories for energy, not only stored calories, but ingested calories. And it starts with uh, the food choices. And so certain foods are uh, very inappropriate for energy utilization. Tops on the list would be the refined industrial seed oils, which uh, might seem like a niche category, uh, but research cited by uh, Dr. Kate Shanahan suggests that 40% of All calories from restaurant meals come from these refined oils because they are so calorie dense and all the meals are cooked in them, even at the finest restaurants. And I promise you, I know that from inside information. Uh, And Dr. Andrew Weil, another prominent health figure, uh, cites research that 20% of all calories consumed in in the standard American diet come from soybean oil alone, just one of the numerous prominent industrial seed oils that are found in all manner of packaged processed frozen foods as well as in the restaurant meals, of course, in the fast food, and also uh, to the misinformed public. We are using these in the home, tragically still, uh, for cooking uh, instead of choosing the more temperature-stable saturated fats. And so that great switch that humanity made uh, from butter and lard and the natural saturated animal fats over to uh, the polyunsaturated manufactured margarines and, and the like, vegetable oils, back in the 60s and 70s, Uh, has resulted in uh, widespread death, disease, and dysfunction to this day, and we're still trying to unwind it. It's kind of tragic that it's still hanging around with the overwhelming evidence that these refined industrial seed oils are uh, toxic at the cellular level, extremely toxic to the body. Uh, Dr. Kate Shanahan, one of the world's leading proponents or anti-oil crusaders, and there's some good content on our past shows on this very topic, Uh, but 
nevertheless, you can stroll into Whole Foods Market, uh, purported to be the, the, the pillar of uh, food quality and integrity and sustainability, and they have vegetable oils uh, pervading the store not just on the shelf in a bottle straight up, uh, but everything in there, many things in their hot bar. And it's just absolutely shocking. So uh, the consumer is responsible to educate themselves and realize that that would be the number one thing to try to uh, figure out or optimize this energy equation is to get rid of foods that have a lot of calories, but are not easily burned for energy. Because what happens when you eat calories that can't be burned for energy? That's right, they get stored. And then they are difficult to release from storage and to be burned off, even if you go into the uh, aggressive interventions like calorie restriction and extra exercise and, and so forth. So when we have someone who is extremely metabolically damaged, obese, uh, carrying an extensive amount of excess body fat, especially visceral fat, the fat that collects in the midsection around the organs, which is uh, particularly uh, destructive to human health and hormone optimization. What we're looking at is, uh, by and large, a problem with burning energy as opposed to, for example, consuming too many calories. So the great work of Gary Taubes explained this really well and his, re his memorable quote where he says, gluttony and sloth are not the causes of obesity. They are the symptoms of obesity. So if you have this metabolic damage, and for example, from years and decades of consuming refined industrial seed oils and being uh, ineffective at burning uh, stored body fat, uh, what's going to happen is you're going to be really tired and you're going to be uh, ravenous for energy from likely uh, quick energy sources like simple carbohydrates because that's the only way for your body to get up off the couch, it, literally, um, gluttony and sloth being the symptoms of obesity. So the problem can be zeroed in on in that middle part uh, rather than obsessing with calorie burning or uh, the amount of calories consumed. And this goes to my uh, recent podcast with Dr. Robert Lustig, where he said that the whole issue here, uh, forget about the nuances and all these extreme dietary patterns that have come to popularity and been debated aggressively by the different sides. He says, if you ditch processed foods, and emphasize wholesome, nutritious foods, he contends that it's virtually impossible to get fat. Now, that's a pretty major assertion, right? That you can go and have free license to consume all the natural, nutritious foods that you want. You don't have to engage in any of this nonsense of meal timing and portion control and uh, calorie burning, checking the amounts on your smartwatch so you can make sure you burn more than you eat. Uh, but if you think about it, and what natural, nutritious, wholesome foods do to your satiety hormones and your metabolic function, your ability to burn energy that you consume because it came in the form of good nutrition, uh, you're going to be prompted to be increasingly active, burn a sufficient number of calories, build and maintain lean muscle mass, which of course increases your daily caloric intake. So this huge assertion, I'd like you to uh, believe that it's true <laughs> for a moment coming from the impeccable resource of Dr. Robert Lustig. You can't get any better than that. And if he says so, uh, with a lot of research behind it, uh, boy, that's a pretty powerful uh, concept to think that's as simple as getting out of your own way and ditching uh, all manner of nutrient-deficient processed foods. And that is your path to uh, a lifelong weight control, energy, vitality. And think about it in uh, practical terms for a moment. Like if you pull up my Carnivore Scores food rankings chart that you can download for free at bradkearns.com uh, and looking at the, the food rankings. So on the top, you have uh, liver and oysters and salmon eggs, and then you have grass-fed steak and you have pastured eggs. You have oily cold water fish, all the true nutrient superstars of planet Earth. It's pretty difficult to overeat to the extent of getting fat on liver, oysters, salmon eggs, grass-fed steak, pasture-raised eggs, uh, even uh, fruit and the, the superstars in the plant category, um, boy, compare that to the tendency to overdo it on Ben and Jerry's or a second slice of cheesecake or a, a bag of potato chips. 
and all those things, the Oreo cookies that come out uh, during Halloween time, whatever it is, um, boy, those turn on the uh, the dopamine pathways in the brain, as Dr. Lustig detailed more in his show and many other experts, of course, and they uh, promote uh, increased consumption because not only do they taste good uh, on the immediate level on the taste buds, that's not uh, the hugest deal, but they also uh, trick your brain and the important hormonal processes involved in uh, energy utilization. They trick you to consume more because they are nutrient deficient. And this is uh, a great insight covered really nicely in Dr. Ted Naiman and William Schufelt's book, The P.E. Ratio Diet, uh, where Naiman contends with uh, excellent research behind him. He's a family physician uh, in the Pacific Northwest, and he talks about how our deepest human biological drive is to consume sufficient protein to survive. Uh, if you have a low-fat diet, guess what? You're going to survive. If you have a low-carb or a no-carb diet, you can survive. You're not going to thrive, right? But if you don't get enough protein, very soon you will be in deep shit. So you'll feel weak, exhausted, emaciated. Uh, what's going to happen? Your gums are going to recede. Your hair is going to fall out. You're going to have intense cravings for high-protein foods. All these ways that we calibrate to at least that baseline survival level of protein intake. And so we are going to be highly wired to consume enough protein uh, day in and day out. And we can average our protein intake, by the way. So if we're getting enough protein over a week's time, we're going to be just fine. Uh, so if you fast every Sunday for religious or health reasons, that's fine. As long as you hit those numbers and the numbers are bouncing around all over, but it's coming close to uh, a, a gram per pound of lean body mass is one that's uh, widely uh, touted. And that's a little higher than we've uh, uh, advocated for uh, years and decades prior. So uh, getting enough protein is so important that your brain will prompt you to continue to consume whatever calories are in front of you until your protein needs get met. What does that mean if you are pounding some Ben and Jerry's or a bag of potato chips, which come in at whatever 5% of the calories come from protein? And so you're going to be prompted to overeat if you are not getting your protein needs met by nutrient-dense, high-protein foods. That is another reason why a diet high in protein uh, is really effective for fat reduction because you will have that high satiety factor that protein provides. You will get your daily survival needs met. And over the short term, you can engage in a focused strategy to drop excess bounty fat by cutting back on, uh, on the fat and the carbs, either or, of course, which what these strategies are uh, promoting when you're going, let's say, on a vegan plant base where the fat intake is really low, and same with uh, you're going keto or low carb or another strategy where the carb intake is really low, uh, but you're getting your protein needs met. Okay, so that was kind of a, a jump forward, but I want to go back a little bit to the important energy balance story uh, of calories consumed, calories burned for energy, and then calories stored. Okay, so the other problem comes with, uh, the first problem is forgetting the uh, the intermediate step there is that um, the calories you eat, are they being burned for energy efficiently uh, or not? And then you go to, are you storing calories or, or not? Greetings, my fitness-minded listeners. I want to acquaint you with the Primal Fitness Expert Certification Program, the most comprehensive home study multimedia fitness education course in the world. If you want to enhance your personal knowledge of all aspects of leading a healthy, active, fit lifestyle, this total immersion course will be life-changing. I'm the lead instructor and author of the course, and we have 14 chapters of extensive written content with over 100 accompanying videos covering topics such as general everyday movement, including micro-workouts and dynamic workstation tips, the full experience of gym-based strength training and all the different modalities, a complete presentation on all aspects of sprinting, both running and low impact options, an assortment of high intensity interval training and high intensity repeat training strategies, 
a detailed education on the principles and practical application of aerobic endurance training, and extensive commentary, the most you will find in any publication, on all aspects and symptoms of overtraining and burnout. We even have fascinating peripheral topics like integrating nasal diaphragmatic breathing, dynamic stretching, injury prevention, and developing a peak performance mindset. It's really something, this course. We went all out for over two years with a great team to develop this amazing home-based fitness education for you. And you get one-on-one expert email support and private Facebook group connection throughout your studies to ensure that you absorb everything optimally and you pass your series of exams and get certified. So go to primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad to enjoy a very special limited time. And I'm not kidding. This is a big time discount just for you. 25% off your tuition. A fantastic premium offer at primalhealthcoach.com slash Brad for the most comprehensive fitness course you can ever find. Okay, so we got that one handled, realizing that um, we need to choose foods that are easily burned for energy. Uh, but that first one, calories consumed, is also highly problematic because calories do different things when they're consumed. They're not necessarily burned. And it's very difficult to measure this. So we have applied this arbitrary scientific calculation to uh, define a calorie. Do you know what a calorie is defined as? It's how much energy is required to heat water one degree Celsius. Trip out on that. What does that have to do with my my six pack? <laughs> but that is in fact what a calorie, a calorie is actually a kilocalorie. And so calorie is a nickname for what's uh, truly in, in scientific realm uh, termed a kilocalorie. And a kilocalorie is a unit of energy that achieves uh, heating water one degree Celsius. Uh, so for humans, um, all of a sudden we're turning around and saying, uh, this is how many calories you need every day. This is your basal metabolic rate. And we did the best we could. And we've advanced um, centuries, decades and centuries in science uh, to the point today where it's like, you know what? It's probably not that relevant. Uh, I've heard some research that the actual calories written on the food product could be inaccurate. Uh, secondly, um, when we assume that calorie is going to be burned for energy, we might be wrong about that uh, because assorted things might happen to that, uh, that, that calorie when it's ingested and not necessarily burned. Here's another great example to illuminate this if, if I'm losing you a little bit. What about alcohol? Alcohol has a caloric value. It actually is seven calories per gram. It's uh, more than protein and carbs, a little bit less than fat. But alcohol, as we know, is a poison. And so you are burning the alcohol you consume immediately, right, to get that poison out of your bloodstream. That's why you get a little buzz is because you're getting poisoned immediately and you are obligated to burn that alcohol immediately uh, as a preference to all other forms of caloric energy. So, uh when you're talking about a 100-calorie shot of tequila or whatever, gosh, I'm sorry, I don't know uh, cal- my alcohol calories. What do you look on the back of the beer bottle? It's 120 calories or something, right? Okay, so uh, that's not really what we had in mind when we're using this term calorie to convey how much energy we're burning every day through our three-mile walk and our workout at the gym that lasted 45 minutes and what have you. So alcohol is a a source of caloric energy, uh, but it's just the the energy is burning out uh, toxins out of the bloodstream. Um, Same with refined, high polyunsaturated industrial seed oils. Uh, They have a caloric value, uh, but if they're not getting burned, Uh, It's difficult to put that into the equation. Same with protein. We know that ingested protein is not burned very well, except for in extreme starvation cases. Ingested protein is not burned for energy to power you through your spinning workout at the gym. So it comes with a value uh, of four calories per gram, but that protein is allocated for basic Uh, metabolic, hormonal, and uh, life survival functions, the building blocks for uh, cellular material in the body. So many people are arguing that protein shouldn't even be counted uh, if we're talking about a calorie calculation. And so I'm going through this because I want us to just transcend once and for all this notion of calories in, calories out. Other 
interesting attribute about protein is it has a really high thermic effect. That means that calories are required in order to process the protein. And the thermic effect of protein is around 25%. So if you can imagine eating four eggs, uh, the caloric energy in one of those eggs, the protein energy, there's uh, of course fat in the yolk uh, as well, but the protein energy in four eggs, one of those eggs, the protein is going toward digesting the other three eggs protein content. So that's the thermic effect of food. So uh, if you eat more protein, you're talking about spending more energy uh, digesting it. And carbs and fat also have a thermic effect much lower, around 5%, uh, just for your reference. So summarizing this thread, attempting to, we have to embrace the idea that the actual problem when we're looking at the overfat, tired, sick, accelerated aging, inflamed, oxidized, modern human is first poor choices for energy intake, the seed oils, the alcohol, of course, if that's contributing to your daily caloric intake, which in many cases it's uh, giving a nice uh, chunk there just in alcohol calories, which are useless, right? So we have poor choices. Then we have poor energy burning happening. A lot of people convey this as mitochondrial health or mitochondrial dysfunction if we're bad at burning energy in the cell. The mitochondria are the energy-producing powerhouses located inside of most cells in the body. So they're responsible for processing the caloric energy that comes their way and turning it into energy for the cell in the form of ATP. Uh, it's so important, this concept of how well your mitochondria function and how many that you have, uh, it's, it's so important that many experts are now contending that mitochondrial health uh, represents the root cause of all disease, mitochondrial dysfunction. So if you're bad at burning energy, that's when you start to get into the realm of cancer, heart disease, uh, uh, diabetes, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia-related conditions, especially in the brain. The brain neurons are so sensitive to uh, being efficient at burning energy, uh, so much so that uh, Alzheimer's dementia conditions are now being nicknamed type 3 diabetes. Uh, and this is a, uh, a literally accurate nickname because the uh, cognitive decline conditions are characterized, are marked by dysfunctional glucose metabolism in the brain. So, we have poor food choices. We have uh, difficulty burning energy with mitochondrial dysfunction. And then, of course, um, we have the problem of excess energy storage. And unfortunately, we are fixated on that, uh, on the spare tire, rather than uh, looking at those intermediate steps and understanding the whole picture. So again, gluttony and sloth are not causes of obesity, they are symptoms. So here is the life-changing directive if you're interested in reducing excess body fat, avoiding disease, living a long, healthy, happy life, and that is to first get healthy before you even talk about dropping excess body fat or peak performance goals or pursuing longevity. And probably uh, the most important way to get healthy or the most immediate and effective intervention would be to ditch the nutrient-deficient processed foods. We talk about these in the books a lot as the big three, and that is the uh, refined industrial seed oils and refined grains and sugars that provide uh, caloric energy, no doubt, but have that uh, nutrient deficiency that can contribute to gut dysfunction, which I mentioned earlier, is the starting point for uh, developing or experiencing difficulty uh, converting food into energy, right? So we need to have that gut function uh, optimal by eliminating these processed foods. Uh, Dr. Lustig talked about this in his show where he says, every food you eat uh, has to either feed the gut and or protect the liver. And you can get much more uh, in-depth about that with the discussion I had with him. Uh, but when we're talking about feed the gut, we're getting that beneficial bacteria to flourish and predominate over the so-called bad bacteria, uh, the pathogens, the microbes that cause uh, things like, of course, acute illness, but also um, the chronic 
inflammatory and autoimmune conditions, which are a sure sign of dysfunctional uh, metabolism, uh, leaky gut, and difficulty uh, processing energy. Um, the most prominent sign is the inflammation in the um, in in the midsection, the visceral fat accumulation. Okay, so we clean up the diet, and of course, in tandem, also have to address the other areas of modern life that we need to make corrective action on. Uh, moving more would be high up on that list uh, because stillness is causing all kinds of um, dysfunction, including chronic inflammation. Uh, we want to optimize our sleep, uh, balance that stress and rest, uh, implement effective tools to manage stress appropriately, and especially paying attention to uh, the part one of this presentation where uh, the most health enthused among us could be overdoing it on those so-called beneficial hormetic stressors to the uh, extent that they become uh, counterproductive, especially when they're layered on top of a stressful day at work, right? So imagine like uh, having it out uh, with the um, with with the coworkers having a rough day, uh, having to navigate a traffic jam on the way home, and then you're going to go jump into the cold tub to uh, stimulate a fight or flight uh, response uh, with the idea that it's beneficial, uh, but in fact it's counting along with all the other fight or flight happenings that you did uh, before the cold tub. Okay, so if you have uh, too much overall stress, uh, chronically elevated cortisol levels that is the prominent fight-or-flight hormone, what you're going to do is you're going to compromise digestive function, immune function, uh, sex hormone status, and you're going to mess with your appetite hormones, prompting you to overeat on quick energy fuel. Um, this is the campfire analogy that I like to make where if you're running on fumes all day in your hectic, high-stress high-energy life, whether you love it or not, even if you uh, love, you know, going on uh, the, the the excitement of your journey with your mobile device and driving around town and making calls and making deals and kicking butt, it's still a chronic overproduction of the prominent stress hormone cortisol that's going to mess with all manner of uh, healthy human function, especially metabolic function. So... Um, also in this category where you can mess up is to, um, to be too sedentary and inflamed due to not moving and consuming a bunch of junk food. So the junk food freaks better listen up, but we also have some other freaks to talk to. And that would be the CrossFit freaks, the triathlon ultra endurance crowd freaks and stress heads of all kinds. And so we put all those into the same category. Oh, also leaky gut sufferers. So people who are really doing their best to uh, meditate in the morning before they head off to yoga class, and then they have their uh, green smoothie and get home and write in their gratitude journal and have this blissful, uh, apparently low stress life. But if you've been pounding all that raw produce and consuming a massive amount of plant toxins in a concentrated manner, as with your green smoothie and developing leaky gut, you are also going to prompt chronic inflammation, chronic overproduction of stress hormones. You're going to be in the same elevator ride as the CrossFit freak and the, um, <laughs> the, the endurance freaks and everybody else. Okay, so um, that is all to say that you can't do anything, you can't aspire to anything uh, related to diet transformation or body transformation until you are truly healthy. As I mentioned before with the Biggest Loser example, yes indeed you can get short-term success from any sort of high-stress diet or lifestyle intervention. So go exercise your butt off for six weeks with your personal trainer, uh, starve yourself, uh, go into uh, whatever realm you want, you're going to go keto and you're going to uh, double up on your gym membership and it's going to work for a while through the wonderful uh, and powerful mechanisms of the stress hormones releasing stored energy and uh, burning it for fuel. Uh, but don't forget about the compensatory mechanisms I talked about with Dr. Ponser's work and all the proven uh, results from Biggest Loser and the rebound effect of extreme um, health practices. And these people will all be getting on the same elevator uh, labeled burnout and riding down to the, the bottom floor and into the basement. So 
keep that in mind. This was the awakening that I had from the very beginning that prompted this multi-part presentation is that um, stress hormones drive fat reduction. Fasting triggers stress hormones. Extreme exercise triggers stress hormones. Not only fat reduction, but also a loss of lean muscle mass. And dare I say, this is what's happening with most, if not all, uh, prominent diets and most, if not all, uh, extreme exercise programs. So what we're doing here is uh, achieving a temporary unsustainable stress hormone spike to release stored energy and perform uh, magnificent feats until we get too tired to do so. And I can reference my triathlon career where I experienced these highs and lows profoundly where I would go for, I can remember uh, on, on numerous occasions, going for six weeks straight with the most unbelievably impressive uh, training regimen where I was never tired, I was never sore, I woke up every day, I felt stronger and stronger and stronger, uh, riding my bike further and further into uh, bigger and bigger mountains and uh, doing incredible running workouts on the track and faster and faster times and getting faster in the pool, going to a race, having a great performance, picking up the wind, going home, getting right back into training. And this was all performed on a stress hormone high because I was prompting additional stress hormone production, additional fight or flight mechanisms each passing day as I push myself harder and harder without building in obligatory time for rest and recuperation, even though I was feeling great throughout. But guess what happens at around the six week mark is might as well have ridden my bicycle off the edge of a cliff uh, into the ocean because I just crashed and burned with incredible suddenness to where one day I'm floating over high mountain passes without even thinking about it. And then the next day, um, it's a real chore to get up by 10.30 a.m. and walk a block uh, to go get the newspaper and plop down on the couch for a recovery period that lasted for, in many cases, uh, weeks on end. Um, especially at the end of the season. And you can probably all reference those times when uh, you jet off to vacation uh, laying on the beach and you're exhausted for the first four days or the entire vacation because all that excitement and all that stimulus that has prompted that chronic overproduction of stress hormones has finally subsided and you're allowed to bottom out. So that is uh, painting a picture of the extreme examples of overly stressful lifestyle patterns, overly stressful diets. Uh, but this is where it starts to get interesting and we can all pay attention as we um, uh, uh, plug along probably somewhere in middle ground there. And so we're trying to figure out how to optimize diet and workout patterns. We don't have major complaints. We're not uh, hospitalized with extreme adrenal fatigue or one of the biggest loser contestants uh, getting interviewed six years later and reporting how they've gained all their weight back. So uh, if we're trying to engage in a bit of strategic fasting, carb restriction, any manner of dietary restriction, uh, and or uh, training optimization where we're uh, escalating the degree of difficulty of our workouts or uh, jumping into a new training program in the interest of uh, getting fitter and perhaps uh, improving our physique. Hey, ladies. You may have heard me talk about Gaines Wave treatment for improving male penile vascular health and sexual function, and maybe you thought, hey, what about my needs? Well, Gaines Wave has got you covered with a revolutionary new treatment protocol called Gaines Wave for Her. As with the male Gaines Wave treatment, a skilled practitioner uses a handheld device to send low-intensity shock waves into your vaginal area to stimulate a healing response, promote increased blood circulation, and the growth of new blood vessels. After a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results with Gaines Wave reporting an 80% success rate. Some benefits... You will revitalize your intimate relationships with heightened sensation and arousal and enhance pleasure and satisfaction. Don't contemplate invasive procedures or uncomfortable medical treatments. Regain confidence and reclaim your sexuality with Gaines Wave for her. 
you visit the website, gainswave.com, G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area. You complete a series of treatments, and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment. So please visit gainswave.com slash Brad to find a practitioner in your area and take advantage of my special promo that you'll mention when you find your local practitioner. Buy six treatments and get one free. It begs the question whether any of these stress hormone producing techniques are doing us any favor. Are they effective long term? And as I talked about a lot in the first show, this one is really hitting home to me because I've been in uh, aggressive pursuit of peak performance, dietary optimization, aging gracefully, and perhaps at times, not perhaps, for sure, at times have piled on too many hormetic stressors. So when Jay Feldman uttered that uh, throwaway quip, um, fasting turns on stress hormones, uh, I've been thinking about it nonstop since I heard it over a month ago, and it possibly applies not only to the fittest among us. So uh, there's the six-pack crowd that are uh, entirely focused on uh, peak performance, recovery, uh, anti-aging strategies, not worried about reducing excess body fat. But then the other camp of people who are carrying around excess weight and thinking, okay, I just need to eat less and exercise more. Um, this, this, I- this idea of um, managing stress appropriately and staying away from the hormetic strategies that have been touted as so effective, like low-carb, keto, intermittent fasting, time-restricted feeding, bumping up the exercise, all that stuff, it's probably relevant to everyone. So if you're uh, a super-duper athlete looking to optimize, or you've been struggling with excess body fat, I think we all uh, need to listen up and ask ourselves these important questions. This is also um, supported by... Uh, Dr. Tommy Wood's great shows and his counsel that he gives to his active clients to eat as much nutritious food as you can until you gain a pound of body fat, and then you can dial it back knowing that you are uh, well-fueled. So if we are able to proceed on a path toward health and peak performance uh, energy optimization by cleaning up our act, uh, doing the aforementioned cleaning up our diet, then we can propose that the more active and energetic and productive we are, and the happiness that we generate from being more active and energetic and productive, it would follow that we can build and maintain more lean muscle mass and therefore uh, assimilate more nutritious food and therefore live a longer and healthier life then in comparison to beating ourselves up with some accumulation of inappropriate hormetic stressors. Could this mean that a faster metabolism promotes longevity rather than what we've heard uh, with the ancestral health and the progressive health movement, that a slower metabolism, calorie restriction, metabolic efficiency are the key promoters of longevity. So there's a little bit of a uh, reflection necessary here. Um, The energy balance guys uh, cite some flaws in the studies that we've often leaned on to contend that caloric restriction is the uh, number one promoter of longevity in laboratory animals. Um, Unfortunately, in a lot of the research, the rats are eating Um, a a terrible laboratory diet of basically uh, junk food. And so when you have a control group of rats allowed to eat as much as they want, and then you have the calorie restriction group, and the calorie restriction group lives a lot longer than the rats that are eating 
ad libitum. That means as much as they want. Um, we have basically a flawed study. And on some of the energy balance shows, they uh, bring up other examples of uh, flawed science being applied to the human to say the fewer calories that, eat, that you eat, uh, the more efficient you get with your caloric intake, the longer you're going to live. We do have on the human side, uh, obviously you can't study humans very well with caloric restriction because it's, uh, you know, starvation is not something that a lot of people are willing to uh, participate in. It's against the rules, right? But we do have the Minnesota Starvation experiment. You can uh, Google that and read all about it. It happened uh, during the war times from uh, 1944-1945 time frame. And what it was, was conscientious objectors wanting to uh, do their their duty, uh, perform their service, and do something meaningful, uh, but they were not going to war. They refused. So what they did was they uh, signed up for this incredible experiment where they were going to go into a year-long uh, captivity. They were going to be confined in the uh, in the dormitories at the University of Minnesota and undergo an extremely regimented and restricted diet in phases. Uh, the first phase was they could eat uh, normally, and then they went into a deep, um, they called it the semi-starvation phase where their caloric expenditure was slashed. And then they had uh, kind of spun out of that at the end with uh, being allowed even to overeat as the researchers were tracking everything. And here's a, uh, a quote, and this is coming from uh, an article on Jay Feldman website. So uh, this is about the Minnesota starvation experiment back in the 40s. During the semi-starvation phase, the changes were dramatic. Beyond the gaunt appearance of the men, there were significant decreases in their strength and stamina, body temperature, heart rate, and sex drive. The psychological effects were significant as well. Hunger made the men obsessed with food. They would dream and fantasize about food, read and talk about food, and savor the two meals a day that they were given. They reported fatigue, irritability, depression, and apathy. So, uh, if you're thinking about a long-term calorie restriction to get the body that you dream of, realize that you're going to turn down a bunch of those dials, as previously mentioned, reproduction, repair, growth, and locomotion are a zero-sum game. The most dramatic example of this are female endurance athletes, the super lean, uh, you could say CrossFit endurance athletes. A lot of females lose their menstruation, amenorrhea it's called, uh, when they get super lean and are training really hard, hard enough to get that lean. They just essentially turn off their reproductive fitness because their uh, devotion to exercise is so extreme. So the body's trying to make adjustments. And in the case of the starving uh, Minnesota conscientious objectors, the dials that were turning down affected their, their personality, their mere essence as humans was all toned down because they weren't getting enough food. So I think that pretty much slams a door on this ideal that we are going to climb out of this hole that we're in if we're carrying excess body fat, frustrated about our appearance, physical condition. It's not going to happen by uh, willpower and denying yourself food, especially when you're overriding uh, hunger signals, which are so reliable uh, to check in on. So I think uh, by now everyone's nodding their head, of course, Brad, of course, of course. But look how pervasive this still is and in everyday life, and the cultural messaging and the advertising uh, that we're, we're subjected to, um, to make us feel like we're uh, inferior and undisciplined until we can buck up and sign up for the extreme exercise program or uh, order up the prepared meals and the regimented diets that are going to keep our calories down in the name of weight loss. So anytime you think of that or that idea comes into your head, realize that these practices are going to ramp up stress hormones. And if continued for too long, you're going to join the, <laughs> the Minnesota starvation experiment complaints, fatigue, irritability, depression, apathy, low strength and stamina, low body temperature, low heart rate, low sex drive. <sighs> it seems obvious to say, screw all this ridiculousness. But again, this stuff is still prominent front and center in the diet, health, 
and fitness industries. Um, think about Michael Pollan, the mega best-selling author uh, who is now into um, psychedelics and 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 research in that area. But he started out uh, promoting uh, real food, and his epic quote that has been repeated and memorialized, where he said the, the secret to uh, healthy eating is so simple. He said, "Quote: Eat food, mostly plants, not too much." Could the entire thing uh, be second-guessed? I guess so at this point. Mostly plants, especially. Uh, go listen to my three shows with Dr. Paul Saladino on my summary show if you want to um, uh, engage at that level. And then the last part, not too much. Boy, um, what if we even uh, second-guess that? and went instead with Dr. Tommy Wood's recommendation to eat as much nutritious food, makes that distinction, please. We're to have no free pass to eat junk food ever, just certainly there, there's no uh, justification for it ever, even if you're a high-calorie burning athlete, uh, but to eat as much nutritious food as possible. Wow, what a concept. Now, just uh, for a caveat, if we're talking to uh, the population of obese, inactive folks with uh, a lot of blood disease risk factors, eating less food in general is going to be a win uh, out of the gate. Uh, and perhaps they need uh, some additional stress hormone production uh, because they're not really stressing their body in any measurable way. And so the stress hormones that are prompted through fasting, calorie restriction, going keto, whatever program they're doing, as opposed to just the uh, the, the baseline that's unhealthy, um, could be a win. But then we want to refine to something that's uh, more sophisticated with more long-term success predicted. And so for those of us who are uh, have a baseline level of health and we're trying to um, we're trying to go all Michael Pollan plant-based, uh, woke as fuck, uh, being good to the planet and I'm sorry I'm getting a few digs in now because um, the the somehow appropriation of plant-based eating with a more uh, evolved and conscientious human uh, really bugs me because it's just been uh, manufactured out of uh, beautiful uh, marketing um, and, and manipulation of uh, a science and uh, making these uh, flawed logic and flawed critical thinking assumptions. And so that's a whole nother aside. Um, it's important to punch back at times when we have books that reach number one on the bestseller list, like the China study, which was an exercise in flawed logic and out-of-context insights. Same with the Blue Zones, which I have so many uh, fond feelings for and uh, and praise, and uh, I, I attribute it uh, frequently, uh, but they have taken some insights out of context and ran with them, and other people have ran with them, not just the author Dan Buettner, uh, but it's been a little bit uh, destructive and disturbing to see. Uh, one of them is that um, the blue zones, the folks who live in these, uh, is it seven zones uh, across the planet where they've identified pockets of longevity and, and health, um, they eat largely plant-based, comes the report back. Um, and I say to that, uh, so what? Because they do so many other things well that maybe they're thriving despite whatever um, level of a plant intake that they have. And in every case, I believe, or almost every case, uh, they also eat a lot of good, uh, sustainably raised animal foods. And so uh, we're, we're, we're taking things and running with it without looking deeper. Another um, interesting criticism that's come up recently with the whole Blue Zones movement is that these uh, lauded folks across the globe, uh, this would be Okinawa, uh, Costa Rica, um, Sardinia, um, Loma Linda, California, where the Seventh-day Adventists aggregate, and um, maybe one or two others, um, they also happen to have um, high rates of pension and birth certificate fraud in some of these pockets of longevity, such that the 107-year-old who the researchers are fawning over might not be 107, right? Just a little aside there, not to take anything away from the good um, uh, the good insights that we can take away, especially how uh, these wonderful lifestyles that they have and how um, this contributes to longevity uh, over and above uh, their their dietary choices. They have that um, psychological pleasure with eating and celebrating meals. Um, in Okinawa, which is probably the number one uh, longevity pocket that's been uh, validated and widely researched, and that's uh, an island chain in southern Japan. Um, the main island is Okinawa, but Okinawa area is also including a bunch of little islands. Um, and they 
tout these attributes, cultural attributes. In addition to some excellent foods in the diet, the cultural attributes are among them ikigai, moai, and hara hachibanmei. And I attribute these a lot uh, in the books because they are so important to consider along with um, what's in your shopping basket. Ikigai is the, they define it as your life purpose. And it's the attempt to pursue your passions in life and, and take great meaning in your existence and the work that you do. And it's identified as a profound uh, driver of longevity. In fact, um, Deepak Chopra, in his great book, Ageless Body, Timeless Mind, um, cites research from centenarians in different areas across the globe. And one really common uh, attribute that they had was a youthful spirit. And that youthful spirit is cultivated by still feeling like you make a difference you have a purpose, and you're not just um, sitting on a rocking chair watching the world go by, having used up your useful life uh, after you retired from the workplace or whatever, and those flawed notions that we often harbor in Western uh, society. So the second one, that was ikigai, a life purpose. The next one is moai, and this refers to a group of lifelong friends that bond when they are very young, and they connect, and they stay connected for the rest of their life, and they mutually support each other in so many ways. Um, these moai in, in Okinawa, especially, where it's very strong, um, they meet up regularly, sometimes daily, sometimes a couple days a week. And here's the quote from the study. Uh, they like to gossip, experience life, share advice, sometimes share financial assistance. And these groups are the moai that started when they were little kids paired together. And some moais have lasted for over 90 years. Um, so we have ikigai, we have moai, and then the concept of harahachibanmei is this dietary philosophy that you should finish eating when you are 80% full rather than 100% full. And so uh, this helps to uh, deepen the appreciation for meals and to not overeat. And it also recognizes that those satiety signals take approximately 10 to 20 minutes for the stomach and those satiety hormones like CCK and ghrelin to subside. It takes about 20 minutes to get that message to your brain. And so the Japanese have this high awareness of sitting down and consuming meals to uh, the extent that they're 80% full, knowing they'll get more food later and not needing to stuff their face. Okay. Uh, the activity is profound in that society. It's not crazy, extreme exercise, but quote from the study, almost all Okinawans are active walkers and gardeners. Gardening is a daily physical activity that encourages a wide range of mobility. Okinawans are also more apt to walk, ride their bikes, and participate in martial arts, of course, than the um, control groups and uh, populations uh, elsewhere. Uh, their homes, interestingly, have very limited furniture. They eat their meals sitting on mats on the floor. So getting up and down from the ground is a great way to increase flexibility and strength. They also get a lot of sun because it's a, um, a, a tropical area, and so they have good vitamin D levels, and there you go. So just to wrap up this show and kind of compare and contrast these ideals of caloric minimization caloric restriction in the name of longevity or obtaining an impressive physique uh, can be tossed out the window once and for all. Um, same with the ideal of eating a peasant diet because um, some peasants across the globe happen to live to 100 a lot. I'm going to put in a vote here for um, peak performance, energy, vitality, uh, pursuing peak performance with passion throughout life, as my tagline says on my website. Um, if someone guaranteed that I would live to uh, 120, uh, hunched over, shuffling through my garden because I only eat a, a, a small portion of uh, a rice and a little fish every day, um, or I could trade that for um, trying to challenge Lester Wright's record that he set recently in the 100 meters on his 100-year uh, birthday. The next day, he ran in the pen relays in front of 38,000 people and ran 26 seconds for 100 meters. So this guy was participating in a track meet when he was 100 years old and still running down the track at a respectable pace. So I'd prefer to get the most out of my body and be healthy and vital and energetic and strong. And the 
apparently optimal path to that is to minimize these stress factors that include fasting, carb restriction, calorie restriction, overdoing it with temperature therapy, therapy and overdoing it with exercise. So as we get to uh, the, the forthcoming third part of this multi-part presentation, we are going to learn how to optimize health through maximizing the nutrient density of your diet. And that might even mean um, changing some of these parameters that we've locked into place as centerpieces, as beacons of the ancestral and the progressive health movement, like time-restricted feeding, calorie restriction, keto, low-carb, and so forth. Whew, I know it's pretty heavy. I'm trying to maintain an open mind and um, you know, find the common ground from especially the things that I've recommended uh, writing in books and doing podcasts for uh, for many years here. But I think we're going to figure this all out. And I appreciate you going on the journey with me and certainly appreciate your feedback to podcast at bradventures.com as we work our way through this multi-part series. Thanks for listening. And please share, share, share. You know you can just push one button and send a text message to a friend and say, what do you think of this wacky guy? Can you believe what he's saying now? Uh, I do that all the time with my group of devoted health enthusiasts, and I love uh, processing the feedback and getting the dialogue going uh, amongst numerous people. It also helps me tremendously to process my own thoughts, vet the information carefully, keep in balance, keep things in perspective, uh, listening to counter arguments, uh, whether I agree or not. Uh, it helps refine your own position and helps you uh, to stay in the uh, critical thinking, um, open-minded uh, position rather than uh, getting into those fixed and rigid beliefs, which are so uh, easily, it's so easily to succumb to that, especially in the area of uh, health, fitness, and uh, lifestyle optimization these days. All right, thanks a lot. And push the button, share with someone else. I welcome them to the crowd. Ba, 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 ba. I want to tell you about wildhealth.com. They're an online provider of comprehensive precision medicine and health consultation services. They offer DNA analysis, custom lab panels, extensive medical intake form with family history and lifestyle preferences, and regular online visits with a board-certified precision medicine physician and a health coach whom you can message anytime through their convenient app. Wild Health evaluates your data to determine what you need for nutrition, exercise, sleep, and supplements, and you can experiment, consult, and retest to get everything dialed in. You'll get a cutting-edge epigenetic test of DNA methylation to calculate your all-important biological age and have fun lowering your age over time instead of following the mainstream path to accelerated aging. It's time to strive for awesome instead of just normal. Did you realize that only 6.8% of Americans are deemed metabolically healthy and only 2% are declared optimal? That's disgraceful, but you can turn things around quickly. Please visit wildhealth.com and you will see that this is the absolute gold standard of personalized medicine and it's available to you right now. Telemedicine available anywhere in the USA. Wild Health is generously extending BRAD podcast listeners 20% off the cost of membership. Just visit wildhealth.com slash Brad or use the code BRAD20 at checkout to get 20% off and start taking control of your health today at wildhealth.com slash Brad. Thank you for listening to the show. I love sharing the experience with you and greatly appreciate your support. Please email podcast at bradventures.com with feedback, suggestions, and questions for the Q&A shows. Subscribe to our email list at bradkearns.com for a weekly blast about the published episodes and a wonderful bi-monthly newsletter edition with informative articles and practical tips for all aspects of healthy living. You can also download several awesome free ebooks when you subscribe to the email list. 
And if you could go to the trouble to leave a five or five star review with Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen to the shows, that would be super incredibly awesome. It helps raise the profile of the BRAD podcast and attract new listeners. And did you know that you can share a show with a friend or loved one by just hitting a few buttons in your player and firing off a text message? My awesome podcast player called Overcast allows you to actually record a soundbite excerpt from the episode you're listening to and fire it off with a quick text message. Thank you so much for spreading the word. And remember, be rad.